heard some of the things I've just talked about with my mates, well, it doesn't really quite fit. Or, or, or I'm thinking about a guy, we'll, we'll call him Tim, had a bit of a midlife crisis, pressure at work, not making it, stress at home, and he had, he had an affair. He didn't stop believing God, he felt deeply ashamed, he, he apologised, he was reconciled with his wife, but actually it was really hard for him to think that he could come to church even, let alone continue and serve God. He just wasn't quite sure. Do you know what I mean? Or, 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 or there's, um, there's uh, I'm trying to think of someone whose name isn't here, but I can't, so apologies, Brian. So, uh, so, so, so or there's Brian, he's, he's, he's been off the booze for a long time and he's doing really well. And then, and, and then, and then, and then it all goes wrong. He falls off the wagon. And, so, and then he's thinking, well, does, is that it? Uh, am, I, am I finished now as a Christian? Is, is there any way back for me? I've got these feelings going on. I don't know where I fit in. If people next to me knew what's been going on in my head or my life, maybe, maybe they would reject me, but certainly I'm not sure about him upstairs. So what happens when we mess up? I and mean, we could have a load of, you can fit your own circumstances in and fill in the gaps. What happens when we mess up? You see, the Christian life, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's, it's not, you know, you, you become a Christian. If you've become a Christian, you, you may remember that moment and, and, and you think, oh, that's it, whoosh, it's all honky-dory now. And then, uh, and then you find it isn't all easygoing. It, uh, the, the path isn't always smooth and, uh, and there are difficulties in the Christian life. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, and there may even be times of failure, times where we just mess it all up. And we, we, we just do, don't we, sometimes? And we need to know, and this is why I'm speaking about this morning on when we mess up, uh, we need to know that Jesus still loves us, restores us, and uses us when we make a pig's ear of it, theological term. When we make a real mess, we need to know that. And we need to know it for ourselves first. We really need to know it deeply within. You, you need to have a conviction. When I mess up, it's not all right, but it's all right. It's not all right because, well, I've messed up. But it is all right because Jesus still loves me. He'll mend me, he'll restore me, and he'll still use me in his great kingdom project. We need to know that. And we also have to know, not just for ourselves, but we need to be convinced because our job is to offer second chances to our community, to our neighbours, to other people, isn't it? To say to them, I know you've done this, but it's okay because I've messed up too and, and I can introduce you to Jesus who accepts people that mess up, who cleanses them and uses them. So with that in mind, I, I like to um, read together John chapter 21. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a long story. So if you've got a Bible, uh, turn it up. And uh, if not, it will probably appear on the screen. But the, let me tell you the background to this story. It's about Peter. And uh, Peter, his background is he made big declarations followed by big denials. You, you probably, some of you will remember the story. Peter, one of Jesus' close friends, said, said things like, everybody else may leave you, but that's not me. 
No, no, I'm not, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to stick with you no matter what. I will never, ever deny you. He, he had a big heart and he had quite a big mouth as well. That was just his character, his lovely character, Peter. And, and so he made these big declarations followed by big denials. Jesus is arrested. Peter runs away and then follows at a distance. Uh, I don't know if that's anyone here, sort of not run away but following Jesus but at a distance so he's sort of there but not there with Jesus and and he gets into the courts and Jesus is being questioned he's being whipped and all of that before his crucifixion and and Peter's there and, and the servant girl um, comes up she's you know servant to milling around servant girl comes up and says um you you were with him weren't you no, 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 I don't even know, the, I don't know the guy, no, no, not me, no, mistaken identity. He, de- he denies that he knows Jesus after all the big declarations, first denial. Uh, and then it gets cold at night as it does in, in the Middle East. It's chilly and they, they light a charcoal fire and they're, they're all standing around, keep trying, to keep, trying to keep warm while the proceedings go on. And someone else says, okay, you, you've got a northern accent, haven't you? You, you were with that Jesus bloke, weren't you, from up in Galilee? No, not me, mate. No, mistaken identity. No, I don't know the man. I've t- no knowledge of him at all. No, I'm just, I'm visiting relatives or whatever. He makes his excuses. He denies Jesus again. And then, and then the third time, the high priest's servant has been there and says, you, you were with him when he was arrested. You, you're one of his followers, aren't you? And then he really panics denies Jesus, does a lot of swearing to prove he's nothing to do with Jesus. And uh, then he feels really guilty and, and goes outside and he weeps because he, he knows he's messed up. He, he's denied this one. It's not just he was following Jesus, not just he was a trainee of Jesus. He was one of Jesus' closest friends and, and he made these huge declarations of loyalty and, and he's messed up. And, uh, but, but, but in the future, if we project into the future... You see massive, bold preaching and, and big results. You, you see him filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching the good news of Jesus. 3,000 people becoming Christians. So th- this is the bit in between, as it were. This is what happens. This is, that's the future. What, what changes is Jesus comes to him. And that's what we're reading about in John chapter 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two disciples, other disciples, were together. I'm going out to fish, (coughs) Simon Peter told them. And they said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but... The disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you got any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his garment around him. Do you? That's fantastic. From the Bible, that's right. Well done. He wrapped his coat around him because he'd taken it off and he jumped into the water. 
And the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They weren't far from the shore, about 100 meters. They landed and they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. But even with so many, the net wasn't torn. And Jesus said, come and have breakfast. Nice. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. And this was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Peter said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you hurt me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. So here's, here's Peter going backwards. He's, he's got all these feelings and he said, I, I, I'm going back to fishing. Now, it's interesting, at the beginning of his story, Jesus had told him to leave fishing. And, uh, but he's, he's followed Jesus all that time. He's let Jesus down. Uh, and now he's going backwards. Oh, blow it. I, I don't know if you've ever had that sort. You might use other words, but blow it. I'm, I'm going back fishing. Blow that for a game of soldiers. I forget all this. It's not working out. He, now, he knew Jesus was alive. He, he didn't disbelieve in Jesus. He, he was just overwhelmed by his feelings he, he felt a failure I don't know if you've ever felt like that I, I've made a mess up I feel a failure and and this is important because we all make mistakes but we mustn't make our mistakes our identity do you know what I mean it, actually he'd failed he'd made a mistake but he wasn't a mistake and he wasn't a failure he was just a person that had made a mistake but he felt a failure he felt I don't know if you've ever felt like this maybe someone does this morning disqualified guilty, unworthy, shameful, I don't know what words, words like that. And so because of that, he supposes that he's excluded. Christians do that from time to time. They suppose, oh, I've, I've been like that, so I'll withdraw myself. I'll go back to fishing. I'll do something else. They suppose that they're excluded. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I can sympathize with that. I can identify with that I've let Jesus down maybe it's all over for me so he goes back fishing I don't know if there's anyone maybe someone even here this morning that's sort of going back you don't disbelieve but you're not doing it you're not going forward you sort of ah, blow it and that's where Peter exactly was but but Jesus comes for him because he's like that Jesus comes for us and uh, interestingly that the going backwards doesn't work very well and, and that's the normal story. I've found in my life, I've been a Christian a long time, but every now and again, I've, you know, I've had a backslide. The trouble is, I can't really enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, that's not a trouble, but you know what I mean. You can't, really, you can't really enjoy not being with Jesus once you've been with him, because you've tasted and seen that the Lord's good. So you, you, you go back, you let him down, you go back, you think, I'll oh, blow it, I'll give up, I'll go and do other stuff. But the other stuff, it's, 
See, I can see Colin worried about his guitar. So the other stuff, the other stuff's not so much fun. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work like it used to before you're a believer because you've tasted better. It's hollow. It's empty. It doesn't, doesn't hold water in the same way. And, and so that's what Peter does. So he goes, he goes fishing and it's a, just a miserable night. I don't know if you've ever done that. Got out with your mates again. Oh, that'd be great. But it's hollow. It doesn't, doesn't result in anything. It's dissatisfying. And they've toiled. All, it's hard work fishing all night. And um, the early hours, they, they've put their nets down. They've brought them in. They've, and nothing happens. They've got diddly squat. Not a fish. Not, not a cod and chips worth. There's just nothing happening there. And, and so then this figure appears on the shore. They fished all night, and, and then Peter, Jesus says, you know, hello, chaps. And this is a non-fisherman. And this strange guy on the shore says, um, well, try the other side of the boat. And now we, some of us have read this story lots of time. We say, oh, yeah, he tries other. It's bizarre if you stop and think about it, because you know the thing about fish? They swim. <laughs> and, and I know they go around in shoals, but they're, they're always they're always moving and 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 i i think it's very strange because you think here's a boat i'm in a boat there's fish that side but not i mean god's even controlling where the fish are so it's right no over there over there and so these fish who would swim about and be all over the place they're they're all marshaled to where the guys are putting putting the nets down i think it's funny but anyway you please yourself i think it's a strange thing Uh, try the other side and 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 God's controlling it all, and they've got this huge catch because actually doing things Jesus' way is the best. Might sometimes seem bizarre, might seem a bit strange, but obeying Jesus is definitely the best way to live your life. But something deeper is actually going on in this story. It's not just a, well, I'll do a miraculous sign and that will sort everything. Jesus is taking Peter back to the start of his relationship with him. That's what he's doing. Because if you're a note taker, you, you could go to Luke chapter 5 and, and read that this has happened before. This is how it all starts with Peter. When, when he was a fisherman, professionally, that's what his job was. And they'd fished all night and got no fish. And, and then Jesus, who they don't even know, appears on the shore and says exactly the same. Try the other side. And they end up with two boatloads of fish. It's a, a huge catch. Uh, and, and then Jesus, in, in, in the wake of that, says, look, now I want you to fish people. You've got a change of career, change of emphasis in your life. You've done the fish thing. I can prosper that. But what I want you to do is fish for Peter. Fish for people, Peter. So what, what Jesus is doing effectively is saying, Oi, remember, I called you. So, don't you not sometimes need that? When, when life gets confusing, when you, when you feel you've not done very well or you've made a mess of something, and Jesus comes and says, maybe he's saying it even this morning, say, hey, I know all that confusion. I know this went wrong. I know that that's a difficulty. I know all about that, but just remember, just cast your mind back. I called you. Maybe it's a good exercise for us. Can you, can you remember? Maybe some of us can't remember. We think, it's so long ago. Not looking at anyone, Ken. But it's so long ago, I can't even remember when I became a Christian. Maybe, but many of us will remember the time. I can remember the room I was in when I said to God, you can have my whole life as long as you forgive me. And I didn't understand much. But 
but I remember the room, I remember the time of day. I can remember, some of us went forward at a meeting, some of us, different experiences, some of us prayed a prayer with someone. And, and when we mess up, we need to go right back and say, hey, yeah, but, but I remember when it all began. I remember Jesus called me. Remember what God's done for you. Remember how he started off with you. And he hasn't given up on that. That happened. That's, that's real. So Peter's felt a failure. He's given up. And Jesus comes and he reminds him of his calling. I, I loved you. I want you. And, and there's a calling on your life to follow me. And for Peter, it was follow me and fish for people. We've all got different callings, different things that we're good at, different gifts. I don't know what yours are, but he reminds us of us. He comes to us and says, hey, I've got purposes for you. I haven't given up on you. And I, I think that's a great picture of what the Bible calls grace, isn't it? That it's not about our performance. It's about him and his love and his calling on our lives. And if you want to have a snooze, don't fall asleep until I've said this to you. Jesus died on the cross because we fail. Remember that? <laughs> so, so I failed, I can't follow Jesus. No, he died on the cross because we're not very good at following. He died because we make a mess of it. He died because we let him down. He died for, for that. So let's remember, he, he called us. He wants us. He loves us. What we tend to do is we, when people fail, we go back to the law and condemn ourselves or even other people where the Bible says, for those in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So grace means that Jesus, like he did for Peter, he comes for us. He doesn't leave us in a place of failure. He comes and offers restoration and repair. But, but I notice here in verse, verse 7 onwards that, that Peter's got a responsibility too. And I love his response. It's, it's, as usual for Peter, it's wholehearted. He just throws himself out of the boat towards Jesus. <laughs> never mind the large catch of fish. Never mind what everyone else is doing. I'm off, lads. It's kind of splosh. And he's, he's making a beeline for Jesus. He's not going slowly and carefully. He's... he's He's repentant. Uh, and being repentant means you're, you change your mind and you go back to Jesus. That's, that's what he did. When he, had that, when he was overwhelmed by his feelings, he went away from Jesus. When, he, when he's reminded of his call to follow Jesus, he throws himself out of the boat and he goes towards Jesus. And it, it's important for us to notice that we talk a lot about grace in Hope Church, and I'm pleased we do, but grace doesn't mean that we ignore sin. It doesn't mean that sin doesn't matter. That's, that's a misunderstanding of grace. Grace means we go to Jesus with it. We're honest. We say, well, I've made a mess. I've gone back fishing, but here I come. I'm all yours again. That's what Peter did. That's what we need to do. Any of us here that have had a week like that, go back to him in humility. Rush towards him and then Jesus does this lovely thing verse 10 onwards he he cooks fish he's got breakfast I, I, I love it he doesn't set up a counseling table he, he sets up uh, he sets up a barbecue interesting isn't it if you've messed up and you come back to Jesus what do you expect him to do do you, do you expect him to have a, a cane you know bend over 
whack. Do you expect him to punish you? Do you expect him to set up a counselling table? Well, let's just talk about this. How do you feel about this? He doesn't do that either. He's got the charcoal going, he's got some fish, got some flatbread. I can almost smell it. It's just great, isn't it? See, see our saviour, he's the sort, Jesus is the sort of person that cooks fish for failures. That's, that's what he's like. You wonder what Jesus is like. He's the sort of person that does a barbecue for people that have badly let him down. He sets up a, a, a diner for deniers. So, so don't think he's rejected you because you've denied him or you've done bad things or you've failed. No, he's the sort of person that cooks breakfast for people like us. Isn't that wonderful? I think, I think it's great. He's the king of kings, but he's also a shepherd for wandering sheep. I think that's great. He's the leader above all leaders, and yet here he is saying, you've messed up, let me cook a barbecue for you. I love that. Just love Jesus. God fellowships with failures. That's lovely. He doesn't, he doesn't put them at a distance. He doesn't say, okay, Peter, I'll let you back in, but stand in the corner for a thousand years. He doesn't, he doesn't do that at all. He says, the first, first thing he does is, he says, hey, let's eat together. That's nice. I like that. See, see it's, it's more than just, you know, well, he's come in the door, so I better make him a cup of tea. It's, it, eating together says, hey, we're friends. Eating together does something. I, I, you know, I like eating. But it does do something. Eating together is a great thing. It, and Jesus reestablishes the relationship, doesn't he? Before dealing with the issue, he doesn't say, right, if you deal with this issue, then we can have a relationship again. It's not a conditional thing. He says, hey, let's have a relationship again, and, and then let's have a little look at your issues. I love that. That's what he did. And, and he, did, he actually did it in front of the other disciples, which was interesting. They're there. They must have been thinking, uh-oh, what's he going to do now? How's he going to treat Peter? We know what Peter did. They must have been looking on thinking, and they get there's a barbecue. It's all right. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? But he's... Oh, welcome. I've cooked some fish. Anyone like some fish? Peter, I'd like some fish. Andrew, John, they're all there. It's wonderful. And you know, it's just, just like he took Peter back to the first time he called him with the miraculous catch of fish. He's, he's now, he's got another charcoal fire. The last time Peter stood near a charcoal fire, he was denying Jesus three times. It's a lov- lovely, if you're a storyteller, there's a lovely sort of symmetry there. He, so now he's got Peter's got, got him right, I, let, let me get you by another charcoal fire and I'll give you I'll give you three opportunities to get it right <laughs> it's lovely it's lovely it, it gets him gently and and so sensitively and lovingly he gets him to face up to the issues the issue of denial he denied Jesus three times by a charcoal fire so Jesus says now do you love me and he does it three times and it, it upsets Peter but you know there's there's what the Bible calls faithful wounds from a friend. It hurt him, but it was healing. Jesus knew he'd denied him three times, so he says, hey, you affirm your love for me. Three times. Isn't that wonderful? It's painful, but it's important. Three declarations of love. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's Jesus loving us and us loving him back. That's, that's where all fruitfulness begins. Jesus says, if you abide in my love, you'll bear fruit. Don't worry about it. Oh, but I might do this and I might do that. Don't worry about it. You love me, I love you, you'll be fruitful. That's something the Bible says. 
and then, and then he restores him. He doesn't just say, okay, you can be friends with me. He says, and what's more, you're useful. Some of us need to hear that. We think, oh, I'm no use. No, no, you're useful, he says. You're useful, you're useful, you're useful. I think that's great. He says, feed my lambs. This is the great shepherd, Jesus, the ultimate shepherd saying, hey, you can help feed my lambs. And Peter did both. He was, he was called to fish for people, but he was also called to be a shepherd. He could, you can do both. Just because you're pastoral or you've got, you look, got a caring role doesn't mean you can't fish for people. It says, feed my sheep. A few days later, he's getting 3,000 new sheep in. It's great. He's doing both. He's restored to ministry, to serving Jesus. So, you know, it, there may be some of us this morning that have failed. And I, I hope God's spoken to you through this passage. There's, there's second chances for us when we mess up. But, but even if we haven't, we probably have done in the past or we will do in the future. And we move amongst people who feel, well, Jesus wouldn't be interested in me because dot, dot, dot. And we need to have a deep conviction. We're a church that offers, we're called Hope Church for a reason, because we're a doorway of hope. And we can say to people, no, of course there's hope for you. Because Jesus cooks fish for failures. He sets up a, a, a diner for deniers. Of course there's space for you. That's our calling as a church, isn't it? To offer the good news of restoration and usefulness to those who don't feel that they can ever be repaired and don't feel that they're much use. That's part of our ministry. So, so what? Let's do a so what. It's 12 o'clock. There's four, four things to, um, that I think would be helpful for us just to finish off with. The first is this. Remember your first call. It's worth spending a bit of time just thinking, yeah, what? oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember it all. I remember going forward. I remember giving my life to Jesus. I, I remember a time where I said, you can have it all, Lord. You may have failed since then, but just remember, it, it was his initiative. He called you because he loved you and he wants you and he still does. Second thing is this, if you feel you've failed, run to Jesus. Don't run away from him, run to him. I've messed up, oh, I've got to run away. That's your feeling speaking. And, and the one who likes to make you feel guilty and distant from Jesus, that's, that's him, he's on the other side. Don't run to him with your failures. Don't run away from him, run towards him. Say, Jesus, throw yourself out the boat. Say, Jesus, I've messed up, I'm all wet as well. But can I sit by your fire? Can you be friends with me again? Can you restore me again? And, and he will. And here's the third thing, love him. T tell him you love him. Jesus loves that. He, that. That's where it all begins. You might not be able to sort out everything in your life. We can't, can we? But you say, hey, Jesus, just as I am, I want you to know, I remember when you called me and I still love you. Can you, can you help me, please? She said, and then the last thing is, so remember your first call. Run to him, not away from him. Tell him you love him. And remember this, there's a role for you. He loves you. There's, there's, there's people you can speak to that others can't speak to. There's things for you to do in life. Uh, and, and just like Peter, he restores you. And, uh, and then Peter went onwards with the rest of his life. So can we pray together as we finish?
just want to pray for any who feel, well, I've really messed up. And uh, Father, we just bring any brother or sister who feels like they've messed up, who feels a failure. Thank you. That's not their identity. It's just something that happened. It's a mistake. Maybe wrong. But we thank you that you call us. Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross because we get things wrong. Because we fail. And we thank you for that time when you first called us to follow you and to trust in you. Just, just remind yourself of that again. That hasn't changed, you know. It hasn't changed. Still the same. It's, it's not changeable, Jesus. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. The one who said, I love you, follow me, is still saying, I love you follow me run towards him just run towards him and say god i give you the mess give you the failures forgive me tell him of your love for him again and father i pray for us as a church for every single person that's connected to hope church that we would be deeply convinced of your wonderful, unmerited, undeserved grace. I pray that you would help us to be people who offer others second chances many times. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your willingness, not just to forgive us, but to use us. We ask you that you would help us to be holding out hope, holding out forgiveness, holding out a way back to God for many, many people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. We're going to finish there.